So this week, we have spent some time talking about the impact of artificial intelligence on places like colleges and universities. But you know what? It's bigger than that. In fact, your next job interview may be as a result of AI, because more and more companies are using what's known as applicant tracking systems to oversee their hiring process. So you may get a job because an artificial intelligence platform decided that you were the one who could succeed in that job. So how does this work? And most importantly, what are the downsides to this? Joining us now is Joseph Fuller, Professor of Management Practice and the co-lead of Managing the Future of Work Initiative at the Harvard School of Business. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure, Simi. How common is this type of technology right now being used by companies? It's nearly universal among all large companies, and increasingly companies rely on uh, so-called SaaS-based services. You might be familiar with companies like Indeed that Mm -hmm. um, even small and medium-sized businesses can uh, use in their hiring uh, program. So how does it work? Well, the, the front end of the process is, of course, for an applicant to come in and fill out their qualifications and answer a number of questions about their background and, and experiences. And that data is washed through a series of uh, algorithmically driven uh, evaluative uh, filters. So um, generally speaking, there are two forms. One is a filter that would allow a applicants uh, to continue in the process or wash them out entirely. A very common thing there would be a filter for criminal conviction or for not having a certain level of academic attainment. Then the remaining candidates are ranked by the AI based on things like are there key words in their description of their work background that match the keywords that the employer is looking for in terms of a for experience, or it might be their grade point average in school, or it might be how many years of work experience they have, things like that. Okay, but don't people exaggerate on their resumes and things like that, Joseph? Uh, certainly. And in fact, um, uh, there's pretty strong data that men exaggerate a lot more than women. But uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, essentially what the, uh, this AI is doing is taking what the applicant submitted and evaluating it. And that reduces the number of people who get considered by a human being actually looking at paperwork by a huge percentage. And it's really at that stage, Simi, when, when, a, when a hiring manager they're called is looking at a resume that you might start doing reference checks or, or uh, calling the registrar to school and, and uh, confirming graduation or things like that. But the thing is, you might be missing out on people because you've already let AI decide who you're going to see, right? Yes, that is a, a very significant problem. 90% of the companies that we survey acknowledged that the, the process they use does exclude qualified candidates. And what we see consistently is that companies elect to make their process as efficient as possible from their point of view. So they want to go from a big 
uh, file of applicants to 300 down to three or four people who will actually get consideration. And in that process, they winnow out people who had those three or four other candidates not been de- uh, deemed superior to them uh, by the AI who would have been viewed as qualified. Okay, and so what else is the AI potentially missing here? It tends to miss, it, it, it isn't intelligent. It's only as intelligent as the people who uh, made decisions, essentially kind of toggling uh, on, off, or uh, count this factor heavily and this one less heavily. It tends to miss anything that is anomalous. I'll give, give you an example. Uh, in about 50% of instances, the AI will exclude someone from consideration. So just eliminate them from the pool if they have a gap in their work history of more than six months. Now, you can say, why would a company do that? Well, maybe that person doesn't have a lot of get up and go or doesn't have uh, friends or people they've worked with historically who hear they're available and say, oh, we've got to get We've got to get Simi, you know, in our organization, or they could be worried about skills being, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, diminishing or, or whatever. But you, you can have a problem pregnancy and be out of the workforce for six months or have a, uh, you know, a parent or another loved one who's ill or dying. Or uh, in, in the U.S., there's the issue of military spouses. We have a large military and uh, installations all over the country. You get transferred from North Carolina to Hawaii. Moving your family might take you out of the workforce. So it, it isn't good at subtlety. It, doesn't, it isn't good at uh, understanding really anything other than absolute values. Right. We're looking for someone with five years of experience. We're looking for someone with a university degree. We're looking for someone who's worked in our industry in this type of position. But just like, those gaps are sometimes the kind of character building events that would lead to a potentially great employee. Absolutely, and 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 those subtleties get washed out. Now, the 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 thing is, of course, Simi, that any hiring decision is a relative decision, not an absolute decision. What do I mean by that? It's I'm going to contrast the attributes, background, experiences of the candidates that emerge from this process and compare them to each other to say, who's my first choice? And so the, the fact that the technology will exclude people who are qualified is a reflection not merely of, of the, the shortcomings of the technology, but also that the companies are trying to find someone who's as close to an ideal perfect fit as they can possibly describe. Right. So for the companies then, I guess, is the incentive here, listen, it's more efficient for them. Yeah, they may not get the perfect employee, but that's okay because they don't really have time to find the perfect employee. Yes. And, and um, companies are worried about this, but what they, what they do to respond is try to refine the way the, the AI works. Uh, it's particularly hard, for example, for companies to... Uh, increase their diversity if they rely solely on the AI because it's against the law to say, well, you know, are you of, are you an African American? Are you a Latinx? Are you uh, uh, LBGTQ? So they they um, there there are additional 
pressures these companies are under that makes the implications of these systems maybe a, a more of a false economy than, than uh, actually a, um, a really good way to go about staffing your company. If you, if you care about diversity, which I know a lot of companies do, understanding that there's a lot of underrepresented communities out there that are going to make amazing employees that haven't had a chance, it seems to me this AI is just going to bake that into the system. Well, that is a concern, and um, the the where companies try to address that is where they go to hire. So, if they're if they're going to certain cities that would have uh, higher percentages of minority communities, going to educational institutions that have high percentage of of, of minority applicants, uh, recruiting from. Uh, social entrepreneurs or not-for-profits that are specifically working to advance certain minorities' economic interests. Right. So is this just the way of the future then, Joseph? Is it just going to constantly get tweaked perhaps to address some of these issues? I think so. Um, Now, there are certain jurisdictions in the United States, including California and New York City, which are looking into this, trying to put limitations on it, uh, stipulating uh, that that companies have to take steps to make sure that these systems are not discriminatory, uh, which is a very high standard to meet, uh, given what we were just talking about. But um, I think we're going to see AI Im- improving in terms of how it operates and, and how sophisticated it is, penetrate not just the hiring process, but the promotion process, uh, the learning process and reskilling process in companies, uh, and and also uh, the process of allocating work to people. Hmm. Uh, one thing you see uh, now uh, with companies like Gloat is it has the ability to essentially look at the inventory of skills in a company and say, well, we've got this project uh, over here in the uh, Eastern Division, and we've got someone in our Western Division who really has got what looks like a perfect skills match for that project. We'll assign that person who currently works at a different part of the company to this special and important project. So there, the, the AI is, is, is penetrating lots of areas uh, uh, that are not, uh, uh, you know, processes or uh, automation or uh, order, order entry or things like that. It's, it's going to uh, penetrate all elements of human resource management. Wow, so interesting. Joseph, thank you for the chat. Oh, my pleasure, Simi. Appreciate your time. Joseph Fuller, Professor of Management Practice uh, at the Harvard School of Business, talking about AI. So if you rely on your charm, uh, it sounds to me like there's that's going to be some trouble ahead if you're looking for a job, and that's how you've relied on it in the past. If you want to weigh in, simi at cknw.com.